Welcome to Life with Lindsay Ray, a place where fellow seekers are not necessarily interviewed, but invited to embark on a truth-telling journey exploring life's depth, sometimes tackling specific topics, and ultimately, always keeping it real. We dive deep to encourage and invoke inner contemplation and radical acceptance of our own humanness. It's my hope these conversations inspire you to dive underneath the surface level crap and blaze your own truth trail directly into what ignites your soul. Get ready for a whole lot of soulful chit chat, sprinkles of radically empathic advice, and some lighthearted laughs along the way. Let's get woo-woo without going cuckoo, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Hey everyone, just a really quick reminder and disclaimer, if you are around little ones or anyone that might take offense to adult language, you might want to pop in headphones now because we do tend to use it every now and then on the podcast. Also, very important reminder that any information that you hear on this show that is said by me or any of my guests is never a substitute for any kind of medical or mental health treatment or consultation from a licensed practitioner, okay? So just remember that. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Life with Lindsay Ray. So today, I've got Juliet Morris, one of my crew members, you know. Juliet is in New York City, and I am in L.A., What do you think it's done to our friendship? Because our friendship was like a budding friendship. It was very new, but like we got hot and heavy really fast. (laughs) Totally. We were super into each other right off the bat. We Um, just like jumped in. We were like, (laughs) all right, we're friends now. And then there was like no looking back. And like we just went from the very beginning. But what do you think, like, like, how do you think the dynamic of our friendship has like been affected or, or like anything by us being like on different coasts? Well, I feel like that's kind of a complex question because I feel like our friendship is kind of complex. So for those of you who don't know, I'm an alignment therapist. So I help people get out of pain by working with their alignment. Sometimes that's mostly physical. Sometimes there's also emotional and energetic stuff that we hold in our body that adds to or initiates the pain that we feel. And so Lindsay was a client of mine. We have a mutual friend and she connected the two of us. And so Lindsay was a consistent client for, what was it like eight months, Lindsay? Yeah. Eight months, like every single week. Yeah. And we were able to just create a stable foundation where I was, I was kind of there to hold the space for Lindsay to change. Like I am with all of my clients, but because the work that I do is really, really intimate, you know, like you're sharing stuff you know, that you might not tell everybody or you're making connections with me in the room with you, just asking you questions that come to me. And, and there are things that you might not have thought of that can go kind of deep, kind of fast. 
So Lindsay was able to feel really safe and secure with me at a a very quick rate. And that's probably something that she can talk about later. So towards like the halfway point of our work together, I would say I started to like share a little bit about my stuff that kind of was like helping her learn the lessons or making connections to help her learn some lessons. But it wasn't like a full on we're friends and we hang out and like we do stuff like we didn't like we knew each other in the capacity of a healing situation but not really like in a real life situation like we didn't go to yoga together we didn't go out to eat you know like we didn't get drinks it was really just like she would come see me for sessions so there was definitely a point where Lindsay was like you know we should hang out as friends outside and I was like (laughs) Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I and I say that because I'm just really clear with my boundaries with my clients. Because for me, the most important thing, even though I might love all of my clients and want to want to be best friends with all of my clients, the most important thing for me is for them to get better. And so a lot of times we need that safe space of like, this is really just about me. This hour is, is my hour to go through my stuff and to make connections and to feel all the feelings. And so sometimes when we blur those boundaries, it's hard to still feel supported and not like bring anything else into it. Like some, some people have codependent tendencies where, I mean, we all might have some sort of codependent tendencies, but like if, if that's a thing for someone and then I were to become friends with them outside of session, they might feel the need to like check in with me about my life when they come to session and and make it more about me because that feels actually feels safer to them than going into their stuff. So because, because I really, Lindsay was such a wonderful client and that she was so in it and so (laughs) ready and willing to change and do all the work. And every time I gave a really complex homework, which I knew was complex for her and really like pushing her outside of her comfort zone. She rose to the occasion every single time because she was ready and willing to change. And that's something that I very much respect about Lindsay. And I I really enjoyed that working experience with her like from practitioner to client. So that was the basis of our our friendship. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'll jump in a little bit. Just like add some context. So yeah. It was really interesting because like Juliet said, we have a mutual friend and I always think this is so wild. So I was born in Rochester, New York, which is like a little (laughs) small town, like up in like BFE freaking New York. Like Juliet and I have this mutual friend who was also born in Rochester and then she was like, oh, you should really meet my friend Juliet. You know, you guys are both like female entrepreneurs and I think you'll really connect. Oh, and by the way, like she might really be able to help you out with your back issues. And oddly enough, she's also from Rochester, New York. And I was like, (laughs) come on, you're not, you're like, this is not even normal, right? And so it was funny because I had been suffering from chronic back pain for many, 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 many years. And it was something that had just like, it was getting, it had gotten like progressively worse, but then even though it was like worse, it was kind of getting better in this weird way too, because I was going through a lot of shit. Like I was really, really in um, like the depths of my healing. Like, I guess it probably, you can probably go back to the about me episode zero, zero, zero. And 
kind of like listen a little bit more about kind of like my journey and like my background, but I had like thrown myself into deep, deep therapy. Like I was in therapy, like I went from like zero to a hundred, which is kind of also my MO. (laughs) When I commit to something, I just like commit, like there's no turning back. So I was in like therapy like four or five times a week for like a straight year. And I was like really into all these different like amazing healing modalities and models and different methods of of therapy, which you can hear about in that episode. And so when I connected with Juliet, like initially I I, I emailed her because our mutual friend had given me her contact information. I was like, oh, hey, like, yeah, we should totally get together and like get like coffee or juice or whatever. Oh, and by the way, like, I think I need to see you for like my back stuff. And thank God Juliet is like, as grounded and intuitive as she is, because like, obviously even from that email, she picked up on what was most important, which is something like I, I really am so grateful about like you just in general as like a human is like, you really go with your gut. And it's just like, it's incredibly helpful because like, for me, like if you would have just been like, Oh yeah, let's grab coffee. Then the whole dynamic of our initial relationship would have shifted completely. Yeah. And so like, I'm so grateful that like it happened the way it did. So like when Juliet was like, yeah, like, you know, why don't you come in for a session? Like, here's my availability, whatever. And I was like, okay, great. And like, so that's what happened. And because I was so in it and I was so committed, like I was kind of, I think for, I really do like think it was my first go at like not giving two shits (laughs) because like, here I am, I walk in and I'm like, what? Like, I guess I was, this is like three years ago. So like, Mm -hmm. I was probably like, like 30, like getting ready to turn 31. Right. Yeah. I was really in that state of my life where I was just in it. And I was walking into, you know, here it is. I'm walking into this office and like, Juliet's beautiful. Like, obviously you'll see a picture of her on the podcast are. And, you know, she's obviously like my age. And like, I think it was really like my first real test at like kind of almost stripping my codependence, you know, because like I wasn't, I was like putting myself first and I didn't even know it, but I was like, I can't give two shits about what this girl thinks of me. Like, I just like, I'm here for my healing. And it's almost like I knew like something deep down inside just told me like, okay, like you really have to show the fuck up here because like there is work to be done. And it's like, I didn't consciously know that, but I remember coming into your, your office, like the first time and just like word vomiting. Oh, totally. And just (laughs) letting it rip, like being like, you know what? Like, this is what's up for me. And it ain't pretty. And which is very different than how I had lived Mm -hmm. before that, because I like lived a life of like painting the perfect, pretty picture and like crumbling on the inside, but showing up and being perfect and like holding it all together on the outside and like walking into your office. I, I did, I really did feel safe enough to just like be like yeah I might look perfect on the outside but girl girl this struggle is real real. (laughs) like this is what's really going on (laughs) and you were just like you know what you did you literally looked at me and like energetically said I see you it's okay I've got you 
Mm-hmm. And like that, I think was so, oh, it was so beautiful. And it was so like, obviously needed for me, but I knew, I knew from the very first moment that we would be friends. I mean, I kind of did too. I just like had to keep, <laughs> I had to keep that boundary. Yes. Also, right. That's one of my things. You know me, like I have this deep need and want and desire to just be like best friends with fucking everyone. And I'm kind of relentless. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like Lindsay will, will do everything possible to be best friends with everybody. She will take all the tricks um, with them all out of the box. Like there, there's no stopping her basically to the point where I, I've had conversations with her where I like the first time she told me about someone, I was like, I just want like, you know, maybe give it a little space or like not jump so far in or just like try to take a step back, you know, and not like work so hard at this friendship. And she was like, yeah, but whatever. So anyways, and then continue to tell me about everything. And then like months down the line, she's like, but I mean, what do I do about this person? And I'm like, <laughs> you have to be laissez-faire, hands off, take a step back, you know, and see if it's, if it's an equal partnership. And if you don't feel like things are reciprocated, then, then that's like, if they wouldn't do something that you would do, not saying that we would all do the same thing in every situation where different people for, for a specific reason, you know, but if you don't feel like, like the efforts and the, the emotion behind things are similar in your relationships and that's something to think about you know yeah so this is so funny and this is why this is well this is one of the reasons one of the many reasons why I love us so much and our (laughs) our our connection is because obviously this so beautifully is literally falling into what I wanted to talk about today oh yay wait but can I finish telling how we became friends uh yes obviously because like there's more (laughs) All right. Okay. So, so Lindsay was feeling much better after our eight months together. And then we were just kind of doing like a monthly maintenance or like every other week we were seeing each other. And then she came and she, she had mentioned that her and her husband were thinking about moving to California in the back of my mind. I was like, whoa, whoa, I want to be friends. (laughs) So then finally she told me that like, it was, it was official that they were moving. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I I hope that the move is great. But on another note, like, let's hang out. (laughs) You're like, now I think it's safe. Yay. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Because there was like a total, a complete end point for our, our working together. Yep. And so I was able to just spend time with her outside of session. And so I remember, I remember the first time we hung out and we went to Hugh Kitchen in Union Square. My favorite place. (laughs) (laughs) And we got breakfast and we were just sitting and talking and it was like, I mean, I, I had known like many things about Lindsay from our work together and she knew certain things about me, but not like all of me. Like I don't go into all of my personal details in sessions, so, so we, t- I was married at the time. And so we talked a little bit more about like my relationship and things going on. And like, it was clear that there was something off in my marriage, but like, you know, Lindsay was like thoughtful and like, wasn't really like prying into anything. She was being respectful that I like, didn't want to have sex on the first date. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> it's hard for me because like, I'm just one of those people, like, I just want to like hear all about the things I want to go deep. Right. I want to get connected. Yeah. Like, I just like, that's how I roll. 
but I had to respect, you know, that like, right. I didn't want to scare her off because I had, yeah. I had waited this long. <laughs> <laughs> I had really respected the boundary of the fact that like, you know, she was like the healer and I was the client and I knew that was important. And so I was like, I don't want to rock the boat too soon. <laughs> <laughs> So we had hung out, I don't know, maybe like one or two times. And Before then I really jumped in. Yeah. So shit hit the fan in my personal life. And my husband wasn't satisfied in our marriage and didn't want to work on it. So mm-hmm. I had been married for just under two years. And I obviously, just like anybody, never pictured myself getting divorced. So I was like beside myself. And for some reason, even though Lindsay and I were in some sense, like new friends, I knew that like my inner knowing just knew that she could be there to hold space for me and to like go through my shit and to just like support me like a friend. Yeah. And, and I, and I talked to, to my, my other longer friendships about it too. But for some reason, I just really went there with Lindsay, you know, and talked about all the things and felt all the things and cried. And, and so th- for those of you who haven't been to Hugh Kitchen, it's kind of like a louder place. And so, and, and I knew that that was one of Lindsay's favorite places to go. But I couldn't have a conversation saying, hi, we're new friends and I'm getting divorced. Yeah, <laughs> not there. In, in, in a loud place like that. So I asked to meet somewhere quieter and I suggested this this other place. And Did she's like, yeah, sure. Did we go to I think it was Le Pen. Oh, Le Pen Cotien. Cot- yeah. The one that I can never say. In Flatiron, right? Yeah. So, so I remember like almost like shaking a little bit because I like couldn't believe I was going to share this with a client, you know, and... <laughs> We're sitting at this table and I just like kind of poured my heart out to Lindsay. And, and it was interesting when I, when I got divorced because all of my friends reacted differently. Mm. Some of them were like, Oh my God, this can't be like, what are you going to do? Are you going to be okay financially? And like all in this like anxious state. And there were other friends that just all of a sudden got really quiet, really grounded. And we're like, I'm so sorry. How can I help? Like, what do you need? And that's how Lindsay was. Lindsay just got like, was clear that she was there to support me, just like I had supported her all of these other times. And she listened. She had thoughtful responses. She allowed me to cry and she held that space. And she just was a really, really strong support in a time where I felt completely frail, which there have been very few times in my life that I've really felt that, but that, that was one of, and that's obviously the most significant low point of my life thus far. So it was really wonderful to, to have her there and to be that support. And like, she was just always there. So for me, like that was like the true point of like our, our relationship, like turning, turning a corner, you know? Even though I might love all of my clients and want to be best friends with all of my clients, I, I really try to like not break that boundary if I don't have to. But since Lindsay was moving and since there was obviously some sort of deeper connection between the two of us and we weren't going to be working together anymore, I felt, I felt like it was okay to do that and, and to, 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 to be able to lean on her in that way. And I'm really, really glad that I did. <laughs> I know it's so putting it like as you're like, you know, telling this and, you know, like you said, it's like visually like in your mind's eye, like I literally was going back to that, 
that day too. And just like literally seeing us and seeing you and seeing your face. And I got emotional, you know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I'm obviously like, we both are very emotional people. It's like one of our superpowers. (laughs) Yeah. Like Julia and I have privately have, have always like discussed a lot of this and, and Mm -hmm. we, and we've talked about like that, that turning point, you know, for each of us. And, you know, one of the things that I've always said, and, and it, it just put me back into that feeling and that emotion right now as, as like you're retelling it and we're kind of like, you know, bringing up these, these memories and stuff is, is how, how great that felt to be able to, to hold that space for you, especially because you had held such deep, amazing, sacred, safe space for me for so long to do such good work in. It was, it was something for me that felt like there was now this, like, this really amazing, like, piece to the puzzle that was finishing almost like an energetic reciprocal exchange. For me, it filled me up in a, in a way that I think as healers, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I would love to ask this question to other people, you know, who, who didn't feel like they were kind of natural healers and held the space in the world. But as you know, what I consider myself, you know, to be some form of a healer when, when I hold spaces for clients and, and coach them in ways, you know, and give them guidance and support and kind of walk the path with them. Like I feel just like deeply connected to, you know, more of a, of a healer archetype. And I, I don't know, but isn't there a way in like, you just feel really full by that, right? Totally. Yeah. Like I feel incredibly full when I can hold space for people. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something that is so magical about each time that it happens, you know, cause, cause every, every, everything is, everyone is different. Every situation is different, but I just remember that day so intensely and it was just such like a really like gratifying moment you know to be able to just like I guess to be strong enough honestly too like in in a way of just knowing that like okay I am so grateful for the space that you held for me for so long and how you helped me walk that part of my path and just to to like have like I don't know just to have that ability to kind of like even remotely maybe give some of that back to you was just so fulfilling for me. No, I, I totally completely hear you. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and we definitely, I mean, we've talked about this so much and just like, how I, I know, you know, I remember like that day telling you like how thankful I was for you, you know, just sharing it with me and mm-hmm. how, you know, special that was to me because I knew that, you know, it's not like we had this like long, long history of being right, yeah. for, since like middle school or something, you know, but you know, we had, we had just like this amazing foundation, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really, yeah, it was really special. It was really, yeah, special. totally. And then like, parts. then like the wheels fell off, like, you know, it's like, yeah. that was it. <laughs> that was it. That really, yeah. That, that totally was the turning point in our, in our, and our partnership, I think was where we were able to like break through those kind of barriers of like, not that, not that our relationship before that was superficial, but like, like that first time when we met up, it, you know, it was just like, it was like girl talk, you know, gathering yeah. and like, just whatever, you know, and like, 
it wasn't necessarily like the deepest conversation and they don't always need to be the deepest conversations. Um, But that was like, like I had allowed her and our work together to be raw and real and like just be in it. And then she had, after that conversation had really allowed me the same, you know? Yeah. It was kind of like we ripped the bandaid off. Yeah, totally. And I think also what it did that day for us, I think it gave us a glimpse of what our friendship was going to be like. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a really beautiful thing. Like it really was like, that was what cemented that. Holy shit. Like we literally can go through anything together. Yeah. Like I can come to you with fucking anything. You can come to me with fucking anything, which honestly, like in the following, we do like (laughs) so much crazy shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just like, we come with a complete open heart to each other. And we're like, listen, like this is what's going on for me. This is like, what's going on in my head. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on in my heart. I don't necessarily know if I'm articulating it well, but I'm, I'm coming to you honestly and openly. And like, literally that is how we both have approached every single situation that we've ever been in together. And it's just been so magical and amazing Mm -hmm. and really real. Yeah. And I think something that I've noticed recently, I think you and I have talked about this, but I've noticed that you know, not like some friendships are kind of like frenemies, you know, where, where one part of the friendship, especially between women, and I can't speak for a male, female relationship because I don't have them. (laughs) Um, And I can't speak for a male, male relationship because I don't have a penis. So, um, (laughs) you know, like I've had a lot of experience being friends with women that in some way are competing with me and I've never approached friendships like that, you know, like a friend to me is like family, you know, like, and I would never like come at a family member with jealousy and being like, I want what you have. Like I might at times be like, you know, I feel like, like you have some good stuff going on and I kind of wish I had the same, but it's never like an angry, like, I don't like that you have that, you know, and and I should be having that. And, and I've had that energy come at me so much so that like, I completely and utterly value the the female friendships in my life that um that don't come with those strings attached you know that it's not like i'm keeping you close so that i can feed off of the good stuff in you it's like i value you as a person and and as a, a soul and a spirit and i and i enjoy connecting with you and supporting you just like you do the same for me and i want to grow and change together you know yeah and i'm I, I think it's really sad that there's so much of this, this energy that's like, I have to push past people. I have to push people down in order to move ahead. I have to step over people in order to get what I want. And like, if we just all come to the, the conclusion that there's enough for all of us because there actually is, then we don't have to come with that, that type of energy to anyone or to any situation. You know, like we all win. <laughs> totally. And it's funny because like, you know, I think that I have a pretty dynamic perspective around, around that because I feel like I can totally tap in to the times in my life where I was kind of coming from that place where like, you know, I didn't grow up like, you know, 
rolling in it. Like, you know, we were pretty Mm -hmm. poor and like, we always live paycheck to paycheck. And like, I know that you kind of have a similar, similar upbringing, you know? And so like for a long time, especially like when I started like making money, like, like real money, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I had always worked since I was like 11 years old. I would babysit. And then like, you know, when I was 14, I lied to like, a restaurant that was up the street in a shopping mall and told them that I was 16. The only reason why this worked out is because like they paid me cash under the table and I was like a hostess. And so I would walk to work and like, you know, <laughs> I don't know how they like even thought for a minute I was 16 because like, no, when I looked, when I was 14, I looked like I was like 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but then like when I, when I really like, like, you know, like right after like high school graduation and like, I just like threw myself into work and, and, and worked up in a company pretty fast. And I was making like really good money for, you know, being like 19 and like, you know, I, I like bought myself my, my first car, like my first real car and like, you know, had payments and everything. And I really started finding like a, a false, what I know now, false sense of self in my success, right? And success mm-hmm. I'm using as quotes because like success is success is different to everyone in every different stage of their life. And, you know, then moving to New York City, you know, at literally like I was I was just barely turning 22 when I was when I moved to New York City. And like for so many years in my early 20s, like being kind of like in that world of like working on the Upper East Side and seeing all these you know, people with all this stuff and like kind of like working in a culture that like perpetuated that. Like if my flip-flops were not Jimmy Choo, like I was not looked at, (laughs) you know? And for me, that was just, I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it really, I feel like I got caught up in that spiral of like, I was what I had. Mm -hmm. And if you had way more than me, it made me feel insignificant. It made me feel less than. And if there was somebody that had like, you know, similar, then it was like, you know, there was like that competition feeling. And I mean, it's a crazy place to be, but I feel like our culture and our society, like it almost like, I don't know. It like sucks you into that. And to be kind of like awake to that now is like a whole nother way of being. But, you know, I also, I mean, I feel like I've come a long, long way from that. You know, I always used to say like, yeah, I, I, I pranced around like in the city for a long time with my crossbody Chanel bag, but that Chanel bag was stuffed full of guilt, shame, you know, insecurity, codependence, like just so much fucked upness in that little bag, you know? And now, <laughs> now my crossbody Chanel, it's a lot lighter because <laughs> all that shit is shoved in there. And I wear it differently because I know it doesn't, it doesn't make me like, I don't have the same significance with stuff anymore, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that there's a real like consciousness that we have to bring to that because like, listen, I love pretty shit. Everybody knows, mm-hmm. but like, it doesn't have the same meaning as it used to where it's like, I, this stuff used to like define me. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just crazy to me that like, that was even who I was, but it was just like, it was part of my evolution. Course. But it's like now yeah. that I know it's it, it's hard to go back and it's hard to be in relationship 
yeah. with people that, that, are still there. that are still there or, or worse. I think this might be worse. People who have an underlying energy of it and don't think they do. Mm, yeah. Cause that shit's scary mm-hmm. when that happens because like other people can see it and it's just like, whoa, girl, that is twisted shit. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's really tough. You know, it's just like respecting where everybody is in, in their path and like. Yeah. I, I think both you and I have been in friendships where this one person that we've been friends with for so many years now that we've shifted so much from where we used to be is really abrasive. And at first mm. you want to be like, they're not connected. They're being superficial or they're thinking this way. And the reality is, is they're showing us a mirror of yeah. where we were. And that, that's why it's so abrasive. <laughs> that's why we get so easily annoyed with them because like we see ourselves in them and we're like, why didn't you smarten up sooner? You know, why did it take you so long to change, to get where you are now? And being where we are now and still com- connecting with, with someone who's in the space that they're in that doesn't want to change, that doesn't see anything wrong with it. Like everybody has the right to be wherever they are and that's exactly where they need to be. That's exactly where they should be. It's also hard to see someone that you care about putting the blinders on. And like not yeah. wanting to, to see. And then there has to be this conversation with yourself. Like not everybody wants what I want and that's okay. And I have to be respectful of where other people are in their process. And maybe it is that you kind of try to stick with that friendship and try to like give them compassion. Like you wanted to give yourself compassion like five years ago that you never did. And, and, and then sometimes it's, you know, realizing that you just changed in a way that like you don't connect anymore. And I think that's the really hard part of realizing that friendships that used to fill your cup only leave you like a drop left. And you actually feel depleted when you hang out with these people or you notice that you start to bring in old coping mechanisms that you don't do anymore. Like I, I had a group of girlfriends that I really tried my hardest to continue to stay friends with them. But I noticed every time I would hang out with them, I would get really quiet instead of like be open and sharing because I didn't feel like they, they received who I am and they accepted who I am in the way that I've changed. And then sometimes I would drink more than I normally do. And anybody that knows me knows that I drink like once, maybe twice a month. Like it's not yeah. something that I like schedule in on my calendar. You know, not, I mean, I drink, but it's just like, it's not really a priority to me priority to me. And it's not something that like I need on a regular basis. So whenever I do, like, obviously I, I get drunk quite quick. So I have to, you know, be thoughtful <laughs> about, about hydrating, you know, and taking care of myself. But also too, like if I'm getting to a point that I'm drinking to make myself feel more comfortable in the situation, that's a red flag for me. Like that's yeah. the situation that I'm not actually comfortable in. And then I have to ask myself, well, why am I uncomfortable here? Mm. And then after like the fifth time of sitting with that situation, I was like, these aren't my friends anymore. And I had to mourn the loss of all of, all of that, you know, which, which doesn't feel good because it feels like a void. It feels like you're missing something and it feels like you don't fit in anymore. 
And I know that was really hard for you because obviously we had a lot of conversations around it. Of course. You know, (laughs) but like, it was really amazing to watch you navigate that situation with all like the awareness and consciousness that you had about yourself within Mm -hmm. the relationships. Yourself. It was the self-awareness that you had. That was the most beautiful thing to watch because at the end of the day, like you said, like we're all mirrors for each other. We really are. And like, yeah, like I know, like I love Danielle Laporte and I've been really, I've been really selective about the content that I've been consuming. I had to like literally unsubscribe from all the things, but you know, Danielle Laporte talked about, and this is a couple years ago, I think, or maybe last year or the year before that she came out with this piece of writing or this blog about how like, you know, not everyone's your mirror. Some people are just jerks. Oh right, God, I love that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and there is some truth to that, right? There's totally yeah. some truth to that. However, however, there's like a, a beautiful like balance, right? That comes into that, making sure that we're 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 not using that to like bypass other things, right? Right, right. Yeah. Because like, if somebody really is like, I, I think everybody is supposed to come into your life for a very specific reason. Everybody is coming into your life to help you grow, evolve, learn, uh, be of service in some way, even if it sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That jerk or asshole is being of service to you in some way because it's either helping you with your boundaries. It's Mm -hmm. helping you stand up for yourself or it's, it's giving you a little glimpse into like the way you can also be a jerk or an asshole. Totally. You know, and like, and that's the hardest way to see, I think. Oh, and that, and that is what we find the most abrasive, you know, yes. like when we get like so fired up and talking about something like that's really because it's hitting a nerve in us. Like we can't see something that we do, but we can see it very clearly and somebody else. And so we project that, that it's all them, but really like, it's, you know, a whole bunch of our shit. (laughs) Totally. Because like, I also very, very much think like ever since I started doing this, this has been like the, this has been one of the hardest things for me to do, but it's also equally been one of the most like liberating and empowering things for me to do. And it's literally taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. Holy shit balls. Like, yeah. I mean, it is so, so difficult, but at the same time and in the same breath, it is so amazing. Like when I can just literally take responsibility for my part in everything, I feel so good, even though it Mm -hmm. feels like shit leading up to it. Yeah. But it, it really is like, it's been like an interesting lesson and I'm sure it's a lesson that I'll continue to work on for my entire life, you know, (laughs) but like really just understanding that we all have part of the responsibility. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's like, yeah, when somebody is like an asshole or a jerk, like, okay, okay, cool. But like, where's your part in it? Yeah. Because there's, there's two people in every story. Yeah. And it might not even be a big part. Mm -hmm. Like it might be a teeny, tiny, tiny little sliver, like green part. But like, but there's still a lesson that can be learned there. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the lesson is just like compassion for that mm-hmm. other person because maybe they're having a hard day or like maybe it's just like, yeah, wow, this person really is a dick and like I don't need them in my life. And like, so I just need to like send them love and kindness and like carry on without them, mm-hmm. you know, but there's always like, there's always something 
So it's okay. interesting because like when you were, you know, talking about the mirrors and stuff and talking about like people in your life that like you've had these, this like history with and, and then like it suddenly becomes like a little tough to be around them. And then what do you do? Like, how do you work past that? Or how do you like, how do you like sever the tort or whatever? And it makes me think of, and I think, so I have, I have, I have a lot of really, really near and dear friends um, because, you know, obviously I like the, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's a gift and a curse. It really is. It's a gift and a curse. And I have to, I have to keep totally. myself in check. And as I grow and get older, like obviously I'm learning more and more because like it's, it's, it's a lot. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of my space to be really amazing, deep quality friends with a lot of people. You know, it's something, it's a choice that I make and it's mm-hmm. not a choice for everyone because it does, it does take a lot of time and energy and, but you know what? It's something that fills me up. So Mm -hmm. it just is what it is. It's not for everybody. So I think, I mean, I think, I don't think Liz would care if I, if I shared our story, Liz is, oh my God, she's, she was one of my very, very first friends in New York city. And I'm sure, I mean, I wonder if I, I wonder if Liz would come on the podcast. That would be so awesome. I feel like she Um, totally would. She totally would. Right. So Liz is like not in this world at all. She's like not in like the health, wellness, personal development industry. You know, we, we met when we both worked in fashion in New York city in our early twenties, but Liz and I have a very, very deep connection. Like Julia and I, um, like some of my other girlfriends, like we've lived, we've a hundred percent lived past lives together. Like there's no doubt about it. Like the way we are connected is just like, it's this witchy wild thing. Like literally it's just wild. Like Liz and I have this connection where like, there's been a time like years and years and years ago where I was at, we were at this party, right. And big party, like lots and lots of people in like this big space. And she had come into the room and like, it took her probably about 20 minutes to get like for us to actually connect. And she walks up to me (laughs) and goes, what's wrong. And I was like, Oh, why? (laughs) (laughs) That's the connection that we have. Like we can't play each other. Mm -hmm. Like we see right through each other's bullshit, no matter what. And that's like one of the things that I think we both appreciate and love so much about each other. So there was a time, however, when I really got deep into my personal development and, you know, it was like, I was really in it. I was in therapy a lot and doing all the things. And this is like, it's, it's not as painful to talk about now, but it was, it was really painful for me for a long time to talk about. Liz, unfortunately, reminded me a lot about the person I was and a lot. um, Unfortunately, I just, I related a lot of the like kind of superficial materialistic, like parts of myself with Liz and our, and, and, and our relationship and our friendship. And it took me a while to unpack this. Like this wasn't something I just like woke up and like realized like this was like an excruciating few months where honestly I was terrible to her, terrible to her. Like I had like really starting, started to get close with like another group of friends. And I was deliberately trying to like not invite her to things. Thank God. 
for her Liz. <laughs> Thank God for her. I don't know many people who would have stuck by me because there were a few months where I literally was like actively trying to push her out of my life. And it was because it was too painful for me to look at the mirror she was holding up to me because I was trying so hard to change and shift and shed. And for some reason, she just like brought all those old parts up for me. And it was so painful. And I didn't have a lot of the skill set that I have now to navigate it in a more gracious way, maybe. That's the, that's the word. So instead, I just turned into like this raging bitch and I was terrible to her. And to this day, like there'll be times where I get emotional about it and I'll like call her and apologize again. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like years later. And she's like, enough, Lindsay, I love you. We're, 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 you know? But really, I'll never forget the day where like in therapy, no shit, in therapy, I had this like big aha moment and I realized how terrible I had been and I had been being to her. And oh my God, sobbing, 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 sobbing. And just like this uncontrollable and like overwhelming sense of just guilt. And like, it was such a crazy big moment and lesson for me to take responsibility for what I had done and what I had been doing and what I was actively doing. And it didn't matter that it was unconscious. It didn't matter. I knew now. I knew then. And I remember like <laughs> sitting her down. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I really got to give like Liz so much credit for this, you know, because she is just like, bless her soul. Like literally, like she somehow can handle all this crazy that I serve up. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the day sitting, sitting her down and literally telling her, I, I know how bad I've been. And like, I can't even express to you how unbelievably sorry I am for all of my actions and how shitty I've treated you and how unbelievably fucking grateful I am for you keeping on, keeping on. Like, and I'm like literally getting emotional. I'm like crying in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Because my, when I really looked at it and when I really took responsibility, I was like, fuck, I have been so shitty. I've been like the shittiest human being to you. And you have just like literally stayed the course with me. And like from that moment on, like, I think I knew that was an unbreakable bond. And like, I know that I have that with you as well. And it's just, it's just one of those things, like taking responsibility for like anything that you can, like the beauty that can come out of that. I mean, oh my God, you have no idea until you do it, you know, mm -hmm. and it, could be, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that big. Right. Because right. Like, that's, yeah. That's a pretty big thing. Like it can be the smallest thing. Like I've had, I've had instances where it's been very, very small. Like, you know, I know we've had conversations where like, I've come to you and I've been like, Hey, like, you know, I know we've been going through like an interesting time. Like Juliet and I have a, another business together called beautifully balanced workshops and retreats. And, and we went through a really interesting time in our friendship navigating that. And I remember there was a time where I came to you and I was like, I didn't realize it, but I was mad at you mm -hmm. for this, that, and the other. And I, I was treating you in a way that 
unconsciously that anger was coming out and I'm sorry and I love you and I don't know how to navigate it, but I know I need to be honest with you. And I had no clue that you were yeah. upset with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we talk about everything. Everything. You know. <laughs> but like how great was that exchange where of course. I was just able to take responsibility for something mm-hmm. that like you didn't even know as, as opposed to like Liz, like she knew. <laughs> it was very clear. <laughs> I was like trying to box a bitch out. <laughs> you know, as other side yeah. of the spectrum where you didn't know at all, but it was still, it was like the fact that I was able to just come kind of like with my tail between my legs and just like take responsibility for something that had been going on with me that I, I now had the awareness around. Mm-hmm. And it's like the gift that, that and, gives. Yeah. And then after that, it allowed us to kind of get more real about mm-hmm. where we were coming from in the business and like where we needed to have our efforts and like what's the right way to start something or what's a more grounded way to start something as opposed to just like getting a great idea and just flying by the seat of our pants, you know? Yeah. And which has obviously like helped each of us in, in very different ways within our own businesses too, which is totally. So there's been so much kind of fruit that has been blossomed and bloomed from even that little experience within our own friendship, within our own businesses, within our own lives. And it's just like, it really is amazing what can happen from just taking that responsibility. It's just like, there's so much growth. There's so much opportunity for just expansion Mm -hmm. within your life, within your friendships, within your relationships, within, you know, your marriages, your, your, just your relationship with anything or anyone. Mm -hmm. It's just a really beautiful gift. I mean, I think that's what I'm going to take away from this conversation is that, you know, the stuff that is the hard stuff, the stuff that we try to get away from or try to not feel, that's the stuff that's going to move us forward, you know, but we have this fear that comes up where we're scared to change. We're scared to do the hard work because it's going to hurt too much. We're scared to have those uncomfortable conversations because it's going to make us feel bad about ourselves. We're scared to have people see us in a different light. But anytime we can, you know, get grounded, be introspective and like have a conversation with ourselves for what actually needs to happen and then put our big girl panties on, like things can happen, you know, shift, shift can actually take place, but we're always going to have fears. Like those are always going to be present because we're human right now, but it's acknowledging where the fears are and where they're coming from and taking a breath and going for it anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's funny because like, you know, we, especially us, we're in this world, right. And being in kind of like the personal growth, health and wellness, which is it's kind of interesting how like the industry is kind of starting to fuse together more and more. You know, maybe it's just in my world, in my eyes. Um, <laughs> But it's like, you know, there's this anti-fear-based mentality. Like, if you are living in fear, you're not living. And like, you know, fear and ego is the enemy. And it's so extreme. Totally. 
it's there's no way that you can get rid of the ego the ego is there for a reason and every time we like fight against ourselves we're just making it harder you know like the ego comes up then you check yourself you're like why am i acting this way why am i letting my pride take over when i can just like come from love instead of like being so afraid and like puffing my chest out and then you lean into it and then you move on you know, yeah. like it, the way our culture is and like seeing certain things is bad and other things is good, you know, like it's like with food. For some people, meat could be great. For yeah. other people, meat could be really detrimental, yeah. you know, you know, like I personally, like I thought I would thrive on a vegetarian diet. I don't, I have like no energy, but like some people are totally fine with dairy. I am not, you know, like each body is different. And then it's helpful if we just like check in, you know, how am I feeling? Is this, does this feel right? Does this feel wrong? And then you make a shift. (laughs) Absolutely. And like, oh, obviously food is one of my favorite places to dig into because (laughs) our relationship with food tells us so much about like just the way we live life and the way we navigate our world and our own inner everything. And, you know, it's interesting because as, as you were talking about like the ego and, and everything, I really adore Guru Singh. I literally just discovered him last year and I've been consuming a lot of his content. That's one of the very like poignant pieces of content that I've consciously been you know, consuming. He's one of the people that I, I, I've been letting in. And I've been taking some of his classes over here at Yoga West. And I love his description of the ego. So I, I might mess it up, but the way he describes the ego is it's the ego is the glue that holds our soul and our body together mm. and makes us human. I love that. And I love that description because it's not demonizing the ego completely. Mm-hmm. Because like, I think what it really is, it's not like destroying our ego and like eradicating it. It's learning how to live in like, it's learning how to live with it. You know, it, it's, it's utilizing it as a tool. And I've also like heard a lot of teachers talk about how, you know, like people like Mother Teresa and Jesus and like Martin Luther King, they had enormous egos mm-hmm. and how like you can't serve on that massive scale unless you have an ego right. and, and have been a pretty big one, you know? So that's just been like a really interesting thing for me to start thinking about and bringing into my wheelhouse. It's like, okay, like, because I think for a little while I was like totally on that bandwagon of like, yes, the ego is bad. Fear is bad. I have to live with no fear. And that's like really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And especially not for nothing, but of I'm, course. Not, I'm not going to use, like, I don't, I don't like using my upbringing as like, how do I even a way to be a victim? Right. And I'm, I'm still like learning how to navigate all of this, but my upbringing, my past is a part of me. It's what shaped and cultivated who I am. Like in this mm-hmm. moment, sitting in this closet, recording this with you. And so like, how, how, how do I honor that? How do I, you know, just acknowledge that that's part of me and like, not for nothing, but like I had a really traumatizing upbringing. Like with a lot of crazy, crazy stuff 
it wasn't just like one or two events. It was like so much layers of just trauma, 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 trauma. So unfortunately, I tend to be a little more fearful, a little more skittish around certain things and, and, and circumstances. And it's just the way that I am right now in this moment. Now I've made big strides with that. You know, I'm not as fearful, as skittish, as, you know, like as I used to be, but it's a journey. And I think that's another thing that's, that's kind of like happened in this, in, in our industry is like, you know, when you kind of wake up, you almost expect everything to just change in a blink of an eye. And it's like, <laughs> because that's obviously something that I struggle with. I'm like, oh, well, now I know intellectually. So everything's supposed to just follow suit and happen. And our emotional <laughs> bodies don't catch up that, that at that same rate. They, they just, not at all. They don't. And like, I think that the, a part of the lesson is like honoring the fact that like, we just have to be really gentle and patient with ourselves in a lot of ways, because the way I always like to talk about this, and I, I talk about this a lot with clients that I work with around food is because a lot of people are like, okay, now I'm eating really, really healthy and like all the things. So why it's been going on for a week now? Why haven't I lost all the weight? Why don't I feel better? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to give your body time to adjust, heal and shift and change. And I always say, think about all the years of eating like crap, of like filling your body with all this stuff. Think about all those years. That's brought you to where you, you were right now before you started the clean eating journey and like, you know, honoring yourself with food. So it's going to take a minute. <laughs> it's going to take a minute. Okay. Yeah. It's going to take I, a minute. And that's the same way in our personal development, right? Totally. I remember having Yaha moment about that with one of my teachers and the, so the work that I was doing was like about body work and stuff, but there was a lot of like self development stuff with woven through the program. And I woke up one day and I was like, Oh, this never stops. Like I'm never <laughs> going to get to a point yeah. when like, I don't have to do the work anymore. Mm. Um, and for me at first I was like, kind of disheartened, you know, because I'm like, I've been working so hard and breaking down all these boundaries and working through all this stuff. And like, it's never going to stop. But I think, you know, years later, looking at the same situation, it's like, you know, there are ebbs and flows. We have times where we're really in, where we're really in it uh, and we're feeling all the feelings and going through it and talking to all the people and doing all the exercises. And then there are there are flow times where we just get to like bask in the amazingness that life is and the beauty and like the breeze and the sunshine and the life, like all of those wonderful things. And then there's the end time where you're like back in it again, you know, yeah. and like the lessons that we're learning, they, they come different every time they come, but the lessons that are here for this lifetime are, are your consistent lessons. You know, like you're going to hopefully come at them differently the, the, the older you get and the more life you have. 
but they're still going to be your lessons, you know, like you may not have to go as deep into them or they may like hit you at your core now because you've torn away all those layers and because you've worked through them. And now is actually like the core of what it is that you were trying to get to. And so now it's like real deep, but you have the tools and the people in your life to help support you to work through that. Mm hmm. And there's also those like in between times, right? Where I like, yeah. like the plateaus, the plateaus mm-hmm. are yeah. like what I like to call like the in between time. And it's like learning how to enjoy all of it, you yeah. know, the ebb, the flow, the plateau, like all of, all of it, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, I don't know. And it's figuring it out because it's always going to be different, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going deeper and deeper into your own being as you keep going. Yeah. So I wanted to tell you, I've been, I'm sorry, we're probably coming to time. So I've, I'm almost done with that book, The Talent Code, that you told me about. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. That's from Tony. Oh, that's from Tony. Okay. Juliet and um, I went to, um, I, went, I went with a group of people. Juliet was part of that group, as well as my husband was part of that group and many other beautiful souls. And we experienced Tony Robbins. Unleash the power within or unleash your power within UPW. And it was very, it was a very interesting experience. I'm sure we'll (laughs) talk about it at some point, but yeah, that was from Tony. So, so I'm almost at the end and the the book is basically talking about talent and, and how it is that you get really good at something. And one of the things that I really took and that I am taking from this book is that you know, people used to say like practice makes perfect, but there's a certain way to practice that really allows things to get soaked in very deep in the brain. And in order for that to happen, you have to fail. You have to mess up and make those mistakes to learn, to break it down, to slow it down and to understand what went wrong so that you can make it go right. And whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's business, whether it's a sport, whether it's music, whatever. And that's the way that things really get locked in your brain. And that's where, that's how you can really excel at something. And so, so like, I think for a while we thought like a mistake is really bad and you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to mess up in a performance. You don't want to mess up in your, your art or in your work. You don't want to make those mistakes so other people can see them. And the reality of it is, is like, in order to get really good, you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's no possible way for you to truly excel if you don't fuck up a little bit. That's and, the honest truth. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting about that is I feel like this is part of, you know, taking responsibility for, you know, all the things in our life, right? When we fuck up or when we fail, we tend to have so much shame around it. And so that makes it really hard for us to take responsibility and own whatever it is that happened. Mm-hmm. And like, that can be with anything like, right. Like I fuck up all the time. Yeah. Like I fuck up all the time in my marriage, in my business, in my friendships. And I've had to realize it's because I'm human. Mm-hmm. Like in therapy, I work a lot on like just remembering that I'm human because perfection, it's such a, a, a crippling thing for me because it's how I lived my life for so long. And so one of the biggest reminders that I have to remind myself daily, like all the time is like, oh, I'm human, which makes me perfectly imperfect. And like, 
beautifully broken in so many ways, you know, and just understanding like that's, it's part, it's part of life. It's part of all of it. And it's like, I think that if you can surround yourself with a support system that reminds you that that's all okay and accepts you and all of your fuck ups, you know, they might not like it, but they don't perpetuate that shame feeling. I think that's a really, really important step um, an important process. And it doesn't mean that every single person in your life has to play that part for you. But I think it's really important to have those major players, right? Totally. Like, it's one of those things, like, in my marriage, like, I have to work on this all the time. And I mean, you know, my husband does too in his, in his own way. And it's like, it's really hard. It's really hard to navigate. And in friendships, it's the same thing. It's like when I do something wrong, when I say something mean, like even if my intent wasn't mean or like, or whatever, it doesn't mean that it didn't like hurt the other person. I have to take responsibility for that Mm -hmm. because part of it was me. It came out of my mouth or it was my action. And like, yes, like it might be their shit totally. But like you have committed to be in a relationship with that human. So you have to take part of the responsibility if you, if you actually genuinely love and care about them. That's the way I see it. Like, Juliet, if I was like, just like talking to you and like, I don't know, like I, I just said something very like nonchalantly about like, I don't know, like women who are, who are divorced, right? And I didn't mean it to be like hurtful at all, but it hurt you. I know that you would like, you would tell me. Mm-hmm. And what I would do, because our relationship is so safe, I would acknowledge that. I would take a step back and be like, oh, wow, I can see how that could hurt her. And I would fucking apologize and I would really fucking mean it. Mm -hmm. And I would learn from that. And that would be me taking responsibility for that. And it didn't matter that I didn't intend to hurt you. You already know that. You know that because you're my friend and you love me. So you know my intention wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but it doesn't negate your feelings. Yeah. And like that is part, is such a crucial part of relationship, don't you think? Oh, of course. But it's so it's hard, right? Part. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Like, because if you came to me, I could totally just get defensive. And I could be like, oh my God, I did not mean that. Like, Juliet, how could you even think that like I would say something like that to hurt you? Like that could be what I, that could be a conversation, right? If I wasn't far enough maybe in my own journey to like drop that and just like be like, you know what? Fuck, I'm sorry. Like I said it and I can see how that could have hurt you. And thank you for bringing it to my attention. And I love you. And I'm really fucking sorry. Right. I think it's, I think it's when we're scared to be vulnerable that we get defensive like that. And we don't allow ourselves to, to like see the other person's point of view or like hear the other person. Cause sometimes like when somebody's talking to us, we can't, we don't have the capacity to hear what they're saying because we're only focused on like how it's affecting us, you know? That's where that little, it's almost like that's where a little narcissist archetype yeah like <laughs> rear up in all of us because we all have it yeah and i know we just we we had that conversation 
like how we all in like it can embody these these parts of us and it's all mm-hmm. in there it's just like what surfaces more than others and like totally you know some people their their narcissist is really like driving the ship yeah you know <laughs> where you know I like to think that mine just pops up every now and then yeah you know <laughs> somebody else's experience of me could be completely different and like I luckily I feel like blessed that I'm in a place and I'm sure you feel the same way where like I can kind of honor their perception of me and I can be okay with it, but it's because I've done a lot of the work to get me to that place. Yeah. So the actual topic was I wanted to pose the question because you are one of my nearest and and dearest uh, friends. I wanted to pose the question of why you think it's so difficult for me to navigate friendships that don't necessarily get deep quickly because I have a hard time with that. Like, because I think I'm a really genuine person and I, and I really do um, when I show up for you, like I really do show up. Like, I don't just say it. Like I really mean it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty ride or die. Like, and and people just trust me. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's why I've had a lot of, a lot of my clients have had a lot of great success because like, I'm, I'm really trustworthy. I'm super loyal. It's just, it's in me. It, it's, mm-hmm. there are natural qualities that I just like have, like, I don't yeah. have to work on them. Like, it's just like, it's who it's part of who I am and how I'm wired. And so I know we've talked a lot about, there's been some, because, because I moved, you know, a lot of my friendships have changed and like, you have been such an amazing support for me, you know, being able to like vent and like work through stuff and just talk about stuff because like I talk and that's how I make sense of shit. shit. And like, I've had, I've obviously made a lot of new friends because I moved across the country. And so what I've started realizing is like when friendships are super effortless and like, someone else on the other side is very receptive to like my depth. It just feels so good. And I feel really full now though, when the person on the other side isn't as receptive and doesn't necessarily open up, I have a really difficult time. And I'm like, it's like foreign soil for me. Like, I don't know how to navigate the friendship. I'm like up in arms. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Like, it's almost like I do not know how to have not super deep friendships. (laughs) Okay. So, so there's a couple things. Part of it is that it's a challenge, right? And there are certain ways that we kind of enjoy being challenged for you. Sometimes you really like to be physically challenged. But also, I think, I think you do enjoy the challenge of like making someone be your friend. Oh my God. Know? It's like a sickness almost. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it a sickness. It's just like, like sometimes you have to work for stuff and like you feel better once you've like put all this effort in and then you, you reap that re- reward, you know? And like, yeah. like you've done so much work to like, calm yourself down and open yourself up. So like everybody should technically want to be friends with you, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just think like I used to be such this crazy basket case. Like now I'm so (laughs) much more grounded and like calm. It's like, I've always had so many friends. Like I should have like, everybody should just be coming to me for friendship. (laughs) (laughs) 
but that's part of it, you know, like, like you feel like you're really friendly and you feel like you're really open. So like, who wouldn't want to be friends with you? And on some level, yes, of course, but we don't, I don't jive with every person and every person doesn't jive with me. There are certain things about the energetic exchange just doesn't work. And like, we don't actually need to be friends with everyone. We're connected with everyone, but we don't actually have to have an intimate relationship with everyone. So that's one thing. And the other thing is like, so I just recently went out of town with some girlfriends. So it was girls and guys. And there was only one girl that I was really close with and everybody else was like a new friend for me. And I really connected with this one woman and I would not have thought that I would have connected with her. I didn't like put judgment on it, but the other girls were commenting about how it was so beautiful to see us fall in love, like fall in love yeah, as friends. I you love know, cause, cause we would like stay the same thing at the same time or get like so excited about something or want to do the same thing at the same time. And and that's what a beautiful connection is, mm. you know, like when it's right, it just is right. When you connect, you just connect. It's the same thing in a relationship with, with a romantic partner, you know, like wow. when it's right, it just is at a certain point, you know, obviously there's work in every relationship, just like we've had work in our, in our friendship, but in the beginning, it should really just jive. You know, you should really just gel together and there shouldn't necessarily be any hiccups because like if if you're meant to have a connection, you will, right? Um, It shouldn't be that much work. And so, so part of it is like, like you don't have to force it, (laughs) you know, like some, well, the thing is, is, is the person that you want to be friends with should actually want to be your friend too. And you shouldn't have to coerce them or cajole them into be, being friends with you. And if you do have to do that, then you're putting so much effort in and are they meeting you in that same way? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. So I think that's how, how I would answer your question. You know, like not everybody has to be your deepest friend and you don't actually have to be friends with everyone. Just like you don't necessarily like everyone. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a nice thing. And just like be, be thoughtful about where you're investing your energy, you know, like, like, uh, is this an equal partnership? Yeah. Yeah. I think this has just been such an interesting learning experience for me, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. obviously I'm, I'm still very in it in a lot of different ways. And it's so funny. Like, (laughs) I was thinking like, you know, that, uh, the song, no new friends. <laughs> I'm like the complete opposite. I'm like new friends all the time, all the friends, <laughs> but it is like this like interesting thing that I, I think I'm learning and navigating is like, how do I have friends that are just like, they're just friends, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like, that's okay. And like, we connect every now and then. And like, and I do have friends that you know, I don't see all the time. I don't speak to all the time, but man, when we get together, yeah. holy, mm-hmm. we just like jump right in. Yeah. You just but, pick up where you left off. Like no right. time has passed. Yeah. But I think like those friendships, like I'm uh, th- great, great with it's the friendships that I'm like, okay, I see you every now and then. And like, we see each other often, but like when we get together, like, you know, we talk like surface stuff and I'm like, I don't feel like I really like know like who you are. Like, I think that's what it is for me. Like, because like, I just, I really love seeing people and knowing that. And, um, oh, so maybe it's that there are parts of you that you still don't see. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, obviously, probably. Mm-hmm. And also like for everybody that's listening, like, trust me, 
This is not like a new thing. I, I work with this all the time. This is a journey for me. Like I had, I had an upbringing where I moved around a lot. I went to like eight different elementary schools. It was like ridiculous. And so part of a skill set that I had early, early on in my life was making friends because I was always the new kid, always the new kid. And so I had a choice. I could either make friends quickly or be like the person in the corner in the lunchroom, like talking to nobody, which clearly wasn't an option for, for me, you know, like, I guess that's just not, wasn't my path. So trust me, I, I navigate this all the time with my own therapist. <laughs> um, so, so like, please do not write me and tell me like, this is a coping mechanism from your early project. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're fully aware of the origin, <laughs> fully aware, fully aware. But you know, like my, my thing is like, I like exploring. I like exploring. It, it helps me grow and it helps me expand and it helps me increase my own self-awareness and why I do things and why I feel certain ways. And that's what it's all about. Like, right. That's what like this journey is all about. And like, luckily I think relationships with other humans help our growth tremendously you know, it helps our own self-awareness, you know, grow at a, at a, at a more rapid rate sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if we allow it, right. If we allow it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think this is a topic. Friendship is interesting because I, it's been so up for me the last couple of years, because obviously, you know, with a, such a life change of moving across the country, that was one of the most interesting things. I think that's one of the questions that I got the most was, you know, like when I started telling people like, oh yeah, we're moving to California, you know, I'm so excited. People were like, well, do you have like friends or family out there? And I was like, no. <laughs> and they're like, well, why are you moving? I'm like, <laughs> which is so funny. Cause it's like, I mean, I'm still coming out of like the kind of like spiritual closet to, I think a lot of the people in my life, but it's something that's always been deep inside of me. And like when people are like, well, why are you moving? And I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to live there. And I don't know, like the only way I can really describe it is my, I can just feel my time in New York coming to an end. And, and now I have a uh, language that makes more sense ar- around it where it's like, I was, I was being called, I was being mm-hmm. called to live in California for some reason, um, you know, and, and I, that hasn't fully revealed itself to me yet, but I, I'm, I'm still like, you know, open and receptive and, and, and learning on, on what that, what that all means for me. But it was interesting to see like the sh- almost shock and sometimes terror on people's faces <laughs> of like, wait, you know, no one and you're just moving like with your husband. And like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, and you know what's so funny? Like, because I didn't have I guess for me, I didn't have fear around making friends because it's something that's always come very naturally to me, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I would just feel like I've gotten a lot recently over the last two years, a lot of people who are my acquaintances, friends, like whatever, have come to me actually asking questions about friendship and like kind of like even asking like me for, Hey, do you have any advice on like how I create, how I can create, you know, more connection in my life and make more friends, which I was like, wow. I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, be, you know, your natural things that just come supernaturally to you, you just think they naturally come to everybody. 
Mm-hmm. like that because like totally. you're like oh that's not easy for you too <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been actually really interesting to to be aware of the n- other people's narrative around friendships and then like you know just be kind of really conscious about the advice that I give or or the stories that I share about like my own just thoughts and like experiences with friendships and like how how I connect with people it's just been really, it's just been interesting, but friendship has just been up for me for sure. You may just be the the new friendship guru. <laughs> yeah. I have so many thoughts about that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, I mean, this has been, this has been cool. It's been really fun. This I liked it. Fun. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's just like, it's like our normal conversations, but right. I just, I feel like now I just have to like jump in and kind of give context around certain things because I'm like, Oh, people are going to have no idea about what we're talking about. if like, we don't say this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like most of it, we were good about giving context. I think so. I think so. I don't know. I guess like if anybody is listening to this besides my (laughs) mother-in-law, And maybe like, and maybe like my one or two friends that, you know, felt like they had to, um, you get, you get, you guys can tell us, you can tell us. And like, I think it's cool. Like, I don't know exactly how the show is going to evolve, but I'm going to let it just like do its thing. Like, obviously I have, I'm going to have the, the crew, like the, the crew that's always on, like Juliet is always going to be on until she's sick of being on <laughs> because like, this is just my life. You know, it's like, these are the people that I talk to and I have these really deep, open, honest conversations with all the time. Like literally like this is how Juliet and I talk. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see how, how, how everything evolves, but if there's topics that you guys want us to talk about or riff upon, riff upon, like submit them, let us know if there's questions that you might have that you guys want, just like our opinions on, or you guys just want us to open it and unpack. I'm kind of like open and into anything and up for anything right now, because I just want the experience to kind of just like organically evolve. So yeah, I mean, feel free. And, And listen, if you have advice, I know I was like, for everybody listening, like, I don't want to hear about like, oh, it might be tough. <laughs> I'm very open to all of that too. I always am very open um, and receptive to all of it because I, you'll probably hear me say this a lot in future episodes. I really, truly, honestly believe that there is a grain of truth in everything. Mm-hmm. And it's up to each of us as individuals to find that grain and just connect to that grain. And it's up to you whether you want to do it or not, but it's part of, it's part of staying the course, you know, and, and living your life. So I don't know, Julia, is there anything else that you want to like add or say, or like, this is, this will probably be like the first, the first, the first of many. The first one. <laughs> yeah, and the first of many. <laughs> um, no, I think this is really great. I feel like we covered a lot. We definitely went through lots of different topics and lots of swirls like we always do. Always. Um, yeah. And so like whatever your your listeners are wanting to know, like I think it's good good to just have a conversation. You know, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to, mm. to think about something or to approach something, but just having more, more thought around it or more conversation around it is always, always good in my book. Agreed. Agreed. 
okay, wow, that was quite the conversation. It was uh, a long one. So to everybody who's still listening, thanks. We did get into some really good topics and some interesting conversation and just like the navigating like the actual growth potential of what lies in you know really deep relationships of any kinds and friendships and it's just interesting to listen back but we did mention going to tony robbins and having that experience and juliet and i did record another podcast about that experience and i really think it's a good one and it gives some really interesting perspectives about our experience and you know as i evolve and learn and grow i even have more thoughts about it now than ever before but you can check that podcast out it's actually podcast number three and yeah let me know what you think so as always i would love 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 it if you subscribe to the podcast and it would be super super helpful for you to rate and review it and share it with your friends if you think they would like it as well and you can totally find me all over social media at with Lindsay ray and you can find juliet at juliet morris that's m-a-r-i-s you can find her at her website julietmaris.com and you all know where to find me on my website with so until next episode i'm wishing you all a beautiful beautiful rest of your day